everybody's a little nervous when they first come on to the podcast. So I gotta, I gotta check nah, on my guests. Man. You know, I gotta I'm throw, good, man. I gotta throw. Are right, you sure? Okay, let's find out. First question. You ready? All right. What's the name of the podcast? I just looked at it too. The inter. Uh, <laughs> you got me real good. <laughs> it's the identity booth. All right, go ahead, put on booth. Go ahead, put on your best smile because right now there's a picture of everyone else who got the answer wrong, and you're now part of the club. Congratulations, <laughs> Coach. <laughs> I appreciate it. Welcome, welcome to the Identity Booth, you guys. We are back, and as promised, we're still out here trying to identify with people as they identify with us. And more importantly, uh, we're trying to better understanding of situations that aren't inherently apparent to us. And for those reasons and for that purpose, uh, we have another celebrity in the house. This Zoom thing is the best thing that's ever happened to me because now I get to interview people. I don't have to go find these people. They literally on the internet. I force them to sit down in front of me and talk to me. I am forcing people to become my friends. But I have a special <laughs> guest in the house. We have Coach Cox in the building, and he is one of the best people to talk about when it comes down to sports and b-ball. I mean, he can shoot better than me. I I know that much. I was a football <laughs> guy. Coach knows this. So yeah. I didn't have no I don't have a left, but you know, if you got a left and you got a little crossover, I'm going to put you in contact with him. Ladies yeah. and gentlemen, we have a special celebrity in the house. We have Coach Cox in the building and he's going to be talking to us today about what he does and more importantly, the impact of the pandemic and how it's going to be affecting him and how he got to this position. So let's just go ahead and give it up for the coach. Thanks for having you. Thanks for hey, coming thank in. You. I appreciate it, coach. You know, you. it's uh, it's a pleasure to have you in the booth. Uh, how you doing? Is everything all right? Everything's going good, as as good as it can go for, you know, circumstances that are going on right yeah, now. Yeah, you know, it's a, it's a caveat. It's, you have to lie to talk talk about how you're doing these days. You're going <laughs> to yeah. gonna have to tell a lie. So uh, I appreciate you not holding out on me and, you know, taking time out of your busy schedule. We're in, I'm not going to dabble in it too much, but just real quick, you are the head coach of the women's basketball team at Arkansas Monticello? Yes, UAM, All University right. of Arkansas Monticello. Perfect, perfect. And and how long have you been doing this job? Uh, well, I just got to Arkansas Monticello in May, but I'm heading into my okay. ninth season now. So, oh, congratulations, congratulations, and thank you. you. Know, major accomplishment for you. We are both some people who came from the yard. We graduated in the same year, and like I've been trying to tell people for long, it's not like me. You have sat down and had conversations. Uh, for hours on theology and theoretical right. physics that's not something we've done but right. you're a family when you come from the yard that's something i want to stress all these kids trying to figure out what they're going to do uh going to these pwis going to uh these schools you know hbcus you make everlasting connections i didn't have you to do. i didn't have to scan my linkedin file i literally put a text message out and somebody set this up for us 
And you know, shout out to Bug. Uh, she didn't want to be on camera, but you know, we're gonna put we're gonna put a picture up there. Thanks for thanks for putting us in contact with each other. But uh, I appreciate you. You know. Uh, letting those family ties be real. I, like I said, there's nothing, anything you look for can be found in Pine Bluff. I, I don't care what anybody says. Uh, Gucci, <laughs> Louis Vuitton, scientists, lawyers, doctors, we're all there. Right. Uh, so I appreciate you being here and uh, talking to me. But we're going to dive into it because I know you got uh, practice or something going on. I know there's something, <laughs> some whistle you need to be blowing in the next few hours. And I know y'all get a little nervous when y'all can't blow your whistle, so I'm not going to waste yeah. your time. All right. So first and foremost, you know, your coach, and we're talking about your uh, your development and your skill set and what you're doing. And if for some strange reason, there's a lot of people trying to give you advice on how to deal with your situation right now who right. don't have the expertise. So I want to know, you know, what made you want to be a coach in the first place? Because, like, when I think of my coaches, these are some very impactful people to me. These are some very right. inspirational people to me. I come from a sports background. So tell me, Coach, like, what what was it about coaching that drew you? Well, uh, for me, it's kind of a little more of a, a different situation. Um, I come from a family of coaches and teachers. Um, my aunts were all, well, for the majority, they were teachers in the high school ranks. My aunt was a high school girls basketball coach for over 30 years. My uncle, as well, was a high school basketball coach at the same exact high school. So I literally grew up in a gym and I tell people all the time, you know, people grew up wanting to be doctors and lawyers. I wanted to be a coach because, you know, that's something that I found, you know, a passion in and, and I could see it kind of come full circle for me right, you know, right in my immediate family, you know, looking to my aunt and my uncle and then the teaching aspect comes in play. You know, when I look at my grandmother or, or my other aunts that, you know, that that taught. So for me, um, you know, that kind of got my start. I, I tell people I was probably in the gym as early as three years old, um, you know, just during summers and being babysat by my aunts or or my uncle and, and just kind of hanging around basketball. And that's kind of what, you know, jump started it for me. So, you know, throughout my entire career, you know, everything that I did was to position myself to be you know, a collegiate basketball coach. No, absolutely. And have you always just been focused on coaching? Have you ever taught any like subjects like math or science or anything like that? Um, no, I have not. I currently teach a basketball class at the university. Um, outside okay. of that, I, I jumped out of college and started my first year as a volunteer assistant. And, you know, I did the volunteer thing for a year, moved on to the junior college ranks, took my first head coaching job at about 25 um and then just you know it, it kind of took me from there and, and i'm finally finally glad to have a job back down south um so this is my first time being relatively closer to home in probably the last seven years no and seven to be doing anything for seven years yeah i don't think <laughs> i'm trying to sit here and think of something i've done for seven years i don't think i've managed to maintain a workout regiment for seven years yeah. so just being able to accomplish this i am i'm gonna be the first person to say if you haven't heard it today i'm proud of you you know Thanks. coming from the crib coming from a place of brotherhood like we need more people like i i i struggle to find black male leadership to have this conversation with so seeing you here having you here warms my heart keeps people like me and you 
it takes people like me and you to make sure that this conversation is happening uh, without oh, yeah. us this conversation doesn't happen so i'm happy to have you here and you thank know continue you. to strive and persevere don't don't let up don't let thank up. you well i tell people all the time you know to be able to be in a position where essentially i get paid to dribble a basketball and practice and to coach up you know young adults and help them outside of life Man, I couldn't ask for a better profession and to be able to do it for nine years. Well, going into the ninth year, I mean, it's just been an extreme blessing on my life. And you know, I'm just I'm just happy. All right. And, and speaking of the players, let's let's speak about this, this lovable, athletic, highly talented cast of women you have uh, in your in your ranks right now. You are training. uh a team to get ready for a, a year that more, hopefully we can have, but are, are there any standouts that you have on the team right now? Somebody that's the, the people definitely need your opponents need to definitely be reading a scouting report about. Uh, well, I, I'll just kind of put it like this. I have uh, seven returners and those seven returners um, played in the championship game last year. So, okay. um, so they, they went to the conference championship. Unfortunately, they didn't come out victorious on that side, but to bring, uh, you know, experience with five seniors, um, as well as a host of freshmen and transfers coming in with us. So to have that balance of seven experienced young ladies, but to also pair that with nine new newcomers to UAM, I think we have an opportunity to, to do something special right away. Um, we we kind of hit the sweet spot where experience actually meets talent as well. And, and hopefully, you know, on paper, we look really good. So hopefully, you know, we can carry that over into the season whenever that happens. No, absolutely. Absolutely. And as a as the new coach there, you know, it's all I feel messaging is super important. The, mm. the way it's presented, the way it's back. What is the clear? What is the message of this year? If if you had an overarching message to your players, uh, what should it be? So um, my theme for the year is bloom where you are planted. Um, that's that's my theme for the year. Bloom where you're planted. Um, everyone has more something than we have everyone has something better something different but what can you do with what you have okay um and and i stress that to my players because i tell them all the time some girl somewhere would give almost anything just to be in the position that you're in so you know Mm -hmm. we look at other places where people have better all around when it all falls down you know it it's all about relationships and the people that that kind of help you through it but on top of that, when when you're at a university like this, and especially in a time like this, you know, you have the opportunity and the privilege to be a collegiate basketball player. Um, that's not a rite of passage. The game doesn't owe you anything. The ball will dribble for whoever, you know, has the ball in its hand. So, uh, you know, you got to bloom where you're planted, man. And, and, and one day the ball will stop bouncing for them. And for me right now, the biggest thing in this year that they're going to be able to learn is – you know, we we got to make progress with what we have, um, regardless of if that's, you know, scholarships, regardless if, if that's facilities, regardless of whatever this new normal is going to be when they return to campus. You know, we literally have to bloom where we're planted. And, and I think um, we have the necessary tools here at the university to do so. I, I, and I'm just because we're, we're both athletes from a standpoint 
And I'm just going, I'm going to age this on. I'm going to coach who's on the schedule is a guaranteed W. All right. <laughs> I'm not going to put you like that. I'm not going to do that. Hey, I'll put it like this. Everybody's going to be tough when this team here uh, last year won 20 games and finished fifth place in conference. So it's going to be a dog fight every single night. Um, with the NCAA new legislation on the season, we're going to only participate in 22 games. So, so we'll get 22 games, and um, if we are able to squeeze in exhibition games and scrimmages, we'll do those. But for us in the GAC, 22 games is our entire conference. So from day one, we're right. You know, we're hitting the ground running with a conference game. So it's really going to be tough. So. I, I can't promise who's going to be a, a cupcake game or who's going to be an easy one yet because I'm getting my feet wet here. But at the same time, I, I'll tell you this, uh, we're going to do our best to be prepared and, and we're going to come out swinging. Hey, I, you know what? I'm just going to say it. First team, watch your back, fam. <laughs> just watch your back. <laughs> but, no, let's get into the to the the, the crux of the, the crust of the pie right now. So, I want to think. I want to draw your memory back to pre, uh, pre COVID, early March. You know, mm-hmm. uh, you started hearing stories about COVID. Nothing has officially come down the pipeline. Uh, if you were in the medical field, uh, red flags were starting to go off for us. But for someone who's a coach, I don't expect you to understand the integral facets of virology or mRNA. That's that's not what you're here for. That's not what you signed up for. But on a scale of one to ten, how concerned were you in March about the threat of COVID? In March, it was probably a ten because uh, my university closed down in December. So um, for me, my season was cut right away in December. There was no more basketball for me. And if anybody knows anything about the coaching carousel, seasons usually wrap up late February, early March jobs start to kind of come open in in mid-March to April. So for me, this COVID thing hits, everything shuts down. I'm like, well, what am I going to do now? You know, now that I'm looking for another opportunity and and looking for another place of employment, you know, to to continue this journey. So for me, it was a 10 back in March when it kind of first hit and everything kind of started to shut down. So I have a little bit of a different perspective on that than, you know, what it actually is for me now. Okay, okay. And that's pretty significant because I believe a vast majority of people I've talked to in this interview series have given it about a three because they were in spring break at the time. So Mm -hmm. they were told, okay, you're going home and you're not coming back. So I think that's super interesting to find and, you know, just how to do it. So now let's let's fast forward to uh, three months into this quarantine. You, you're starting to see plans develop on campus. Let's talk about the campus response and how you feel the campus drawn. Did you think it was adequate? And is there some semblance of a plan being made to bring us basketball? Well, you know, I actually was thoroughly impressed uh, with our administration and the plan that they placed together. Um, you know, we placed a premium on safety, number one. But on top of that, our administration did a very fine job of doing what I like to call a return to play type of situation for them to be able to be on campus, regardless of if the sports are going to go on in the fall or get pushed to the spring, regardless of what's going to happen. 
we literally came up with a plan. So me coming in in May with fresh eyes and being able to have a plan here and say, okay, here's what we're going to do X, Y, and Z. We're going to set up this space if we need to do this. We're going to adjust the semester in this way and this way. So for them to have a plan already in place, it lets me know that I'm at the right place where, where forward thinking is actually going on. So, you know, regardless of if the season is going to kick off or anything, Athletically wise, I think that, you know, we've done our best to to today um, on being able to bring the students back to the campus safely and hopefully having our own little bubble to where it, it we can maybe, you know, continue to have education going on this semester. Definitely, definitely. Are you opposed? To, I know you're not in the uh, I know you have a classroom that requires there to be sort of a, some type of physical contact. Are you opposed to the schools opening up remotely first to kind of test the waters doing a hybrid schedule? Is that something that you would be opposed to? I know I, I definitely wouldn't be opposed to. I think the biggest thing right now is if we can safely do it, bring our students back to campus because, you know, you and I remember being 18, 19 years old. Half the half the things we're going to read is going to be on social media. And I know for one at 18 or 19, I felt almost invincible. So for this thing to kind of go away, I think as a coach, I have a big voice to my players and my athletes to be able to say, hey, you need to do this so that we can play. So with, with them being at home and have act, having access to be able to kind of run wild in a sense, running all over the place, we kind of got an opportunity to kind of tame it and get them back to somewhat of a normal activity and, and be able to kind of structure the workouts and different things like that and say, you know, hey, this is how we safely return to what you guys are, are in school to do as far as being a student and being an athlete. Definitely, definitely. So then I'll, I'll put it out there like this. Like, and once again, I have no idea how this is going, like how this would work for you. So I have to ask, and this might be coming from a place of ignorance. It's there's no real way for you to remotely coach a team. Like it, it, right. that's not something that's possible. Like if the schools don't open up, what is your what is your commitment to your players? Like, uh, do you have a, a, a personal strategy or do you have a facilitated strategy with your organization? Because once again, I someone needs help with their homework i can pop up on a zoom conference but mm -hmm. if your player needs to work on their handlings from the left and understand the schemes of a player for the next team i don't think that's something you can do on a zoom conversation am i wrong right uh well to an extent when, when it comes to um actually getting out there and doing game day prep that would be a little bit hard but this zoom thing has really been amazing uh, we we'd be able to get on and show film um, and kind of talk over scouting reports in those virtually and be able to share the screen with those scouting reports and kind of break down details um, using the software that we actually have. The only part would be is you couldn't physically step on the court and walk through the plays that, you know, the different teams would be running. So that would be the only part that would be a little more difficult um, when it came to trying to do some sort of virtual teaching. My hope and prayer is that we can actually figure out a way to get them on the court safely and, um, you know, hopefully carry out, you know, what's left of the season for them. No, definitely. And that begs the question, because regardless of what you do, uh, we are we live in a society and we need everyone to be on the same page person to person. 
you know, uh, be kind to your neighbor type situation. You know, as simple as a simple request such as wearing a mask. Do you think that's too big of a request to make of the American people so we could be back to normal by now? Um, I don't think that it, it's too big of a request. If you would see my drawer, I have a drawer full of masks. Uh, state of Arkansas, we've mandated that, you know, you wear a mask at all times outside um, of the uh, of where you can social distance. So, you know, I, I think if, you know, essentially if everyone could comply to just simply something as simple as wearing a mask, if, if that's what's going to help us get to whatever the next step may be, then I'm all for it. You know, I'm a team player in that regard. And anybody that's been on a team can tell you that it takes more than one person to achieve the goal. So if we all kind of join on, on a team. On, coach. I need you. I, coach, I need you to say that again. <laughs> Please. <laughs> you, you can't drop a gem like that and walk away. No, this ain't no brat battle. Say that one more time. It takes more than one person on the team to achieve a goal. Yeah. All right. All right. Come on. <laughs> so, yeah. I'm so, going to you know, go ahead. Go ahead. I would say just just in that regard, if, if that helps, you know, the kids get the opportunity to play, to do the small things like high schoolers are able to go to prom and graduation and, and the simple things that we may have taken for granted. If it only requires us to wear a mask for them for the future, I'm all for it. All right. Excellent. Excellent. And let's now push to uh, the 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 part that no one ever talks about, the the 12 hour drives to these houses to meet these players, these 14 hour long uh, drives to go watch a player play 15 minutes and be like, oh, what, what the heck was I thinking? Uh, <laughs> let's talk about let's talk about the, the part of coaching that isn't on TV. Uh, yeah. You walk into uh I'll play a parent. I'm the parent here. I have a five-star athlete who lives down to, who lives in, in in you know Chicago, and you just drove all the way up here to recruit and look at me. And you're sitting there across from me with my daughter after she just dropped 50 in a game, in 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 a game that they won by you know 51 points, and it's just right. like. My daughter wants to, wants to go to your school. Wants to go to your school, but she has these other offers. What are you telling me as a parent and my daughter as a student athlete to convince us that you know not only is your program the right program, but you are going to make sure my kids are safe during this time? Well, the because first that's what I'm thing, doing. The, the the first thing that's making this thing hard is those drives and those meetups we can't even do right now. So. Mm-hmm. We're virtually recruiting the same way I'm talking to you on a Zoom call is how we're having to do different things as far as being able to show campus, um, as far as being able to have a, 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 a full conversation with parents. Um, you know, if we're recruiting somewhere that's outside of our region where um, a kid can't come to campus or different things like that, you know, we essentially can't leave off campus and go recruiting. So this has been a different part as well. You know, you, you think about July, July is a big recruiting month for, you know, college basketball with AAU and everything like that. So we're having to utilize these different tools right now, like being able to live stream and look at a computer and, and evaluate girls based on stats and not being able to get out there and see them already. That's different. So when we talk about safety, you know, my job now is just to be able to say, hey, we're going to follow whatever the protocols that, you know, the government places and whatever the NCAA wants us to do as a whole. 
we're going to, you know, make sure we do our part as far as the NCAA's restrictions. And we're also going to make sure that we do our part, whatever the university, you know, has on their restrictions. So it's so different right now. It's hard to really say to a parent, hey, your kid is going to be 100% safe from this virus thing when we really we really don't know. There, There's no protocol on how people are getting it, how people are losing it. You know, only thing we know right now is we can promise that, hey, your kid's going to be required to wear a mask right now. And we're going to do our best to keep it six feet apart. If that's what it's saying that we should do and quarantine, we're going to make sure we give the, the, the amount of days that's required. So we're going to follow the guidelines that we're given right now because we want basketball back to a normal um, where I could actually go maybe sit in a gym and, and evaluate in December or, or November or January. So it's, and, it's, it's really a hard time. And, and I, and I'm going to give you some kudos right now, coach, because I've had three separate interviews, uh, with three separate generations. I've had a conversation with an older generation on zoom. That wasn't pleasant. I've had a conversation <laughs> with some Zoomers. That was a little hectic. But you managed to make this seem seamless. You got everything set up, and obviously the best generation millennials. So <laughs> we know we know a thing or two. We we got enough sense to work forward and backwards. So do you see coaches who uh, who coaches who are tech savvy thriving this year? Oh yeah, definitely. Um, the ones who are able to adapt and adjust. It's it's been amazing. I've been on several Zoom calls with, you know, top people in my profession and just the the little things that they're able to do and kind of teach us on Zoom that they're doing, whether they're a step ahead or, you know, two steps ahead. It's like, oh, why? Why didn't I never think of that? You know, for me, I had to do interviews on Zoom. Uh, so, you know, I I, I interviewed at, at several different you know institutions and it had to be on Zoom because campuses were shut down. So I kind of um, got a jump start on it in March because I started to interview and I was like, okay, this is how we make this not as as awkward or this is how, you know, we move forward doing this. And, you know, now that we're having uh, Zoom conversations with our players, you know, we know different little things to be able to put in place to make it seem as normal as possible. So now we're at a situation where, you know, the NCAA has a lot to do with what we're doing. Uh, they they you you look to them for guidance. You look for them for opportunities. Is there any concern because you're a division two school? Is there any concern that some of these bigger schools are going to uh, silence or mute out some of the concerns coming from the smaller programs like do you have a concern that the NCAA isn't going to adhere or uh, be as uh, available as, say, for, like, uh, Arkansas Razorback? Uh, well, I, I think up to this point that they're doing a, a pretty good job on being able to communicate with our athletic directors and our athletic administration on how we move forward. Um, I can tell you this, you know, my boss and, and I'm sure other athletic directors are on countless Zoom calls every week to figure out what the small colleges are going to do. Now, we're not talking about the power fives, you know, the five percenters, whatever you want to call them. You know, they're on a different scale than, you know, us here with, you know, 4,000 or less students. 
you know, we operate in, in two different, you know, two different zones, essentially. Um, what I can appreciate is that, you know, the NCAA does understand that enrollment helps these smaller universities stay afloat. So, you know, with them being able to put in place where, you know, kids can come on campus and still have visits, uh, but, you know, they put parameters on things like that. I think they've done a phenomenal job of at least letting us get to that point to where, you know, other universities, if this possibly couldn't have happened, some of those places may not exist anymore. Um, I know several universities because of funding and enrollment actually going down and predicted numbers for the fall because they weren't able to do anything they've shut their doors so i think up to this point you know they're doing whatever they're supposed to do and so far it's it's been okay and and i know our conference at least um they've been working diligently in the gac to try to help um, us return to play regardless of if that's this fall or um in the winter going into the spring whatever they're doing they're trying to make it as safe as possible. And on top of making it as safe, they're trying to make sure that none of us, you know, fold from this process. So, you know, as far as what they've been doing thus far, I I can't say that I have a real complaint yet. Okay. That's, that's great. And kudos to the NCAA for, uh, you know, making that readily available even for like you know not the power five because uh i we came from i came from uapb so in my mind that's a that's a division one school double a but in my mind i'm like no nah, we're down here we we came up out the mud we had to right. go get it so yeah it, that that never fazed me so then it now leads me to uh just to find it because regardless of how you want to cut it athletics bring in a big portion of the school's uh, funding uh, it draws the crowd it draws the boosters uh, if coming from the UAPB uh, sphere uh, it is the thing that kind of brought about the band so without the football there is no band without band there is no football so like they go they hand in tie God forbid a situation where we don't have sports this year what does that mean for your uh, campus are they prepared to push on or make have plans to make sure that this campus doesn't shut their doors just because athletics aren't going on? Um, I, again, I, I have to give props to our administration because we've done a great job on being able to return our students to school. Um, now, it may be a little bit of a different story if, you know, we don't get these kids here in the fall. Um, I can't speak for that. But as far as we're concerned today these you know men, young men and young women are coming back to campus and if sports don't happen you know with them actually being on campus i think we're we'll be able to you know kind of prepare a different type of message to encourage them to finish the semester strong before the grades and you know if, if it plays into the spring you know hey we're going to need fall and spring eligibility we need you to stay on your grades in order to be eligible the next year so i think once we actually get them here and get our hands on being able to you know impress on these young minds i think we'll be able to to do some things regardless of if sports kick off or not with them being at home and having access to, you know, different things. We, we may get a kid that loves their job too much to where they never want to come back to school. Um, and, and I do feel like education is a priority. And for me, I, I think a, a, a degree is the price to get in the game. So I, I think it's 
very, very important for them to return, regardless of if sports are, you know, involved or not, because you and I both know one day the ball is going to stop bouncing and what what's going to be our backup plan. But us as their coaches who recruited them have to be the ones to tell them like, hey, this is just as important as you scoring five touchdowns, as you scoring 30 points for us. You finishing your degree is the same level of importance, regardless of if it kicks off this year or not. No, and I and I want to draw attention to that. Uh, as a coach, you're not you're not you're not you're more than just an X and O drawer. Mm-hmm. You're more than you're more than someone who yells at someone to run faster or get on defense. You're more than a a, stra- a strategic uh, uh, play by play caller. Mm-hmm. You are instilling social norms and socially acceptable activity that is expected of the best and brightest in our future. Because it's fair to say they'll have the education, but there's not too many people who can dunk a basketball or make or sink 30, you know, shots in a row. That's a skill set that is acquired. That is a talent that is acquired. But to instill discipline, to get up, the to, to understand the pain of regret by not doing what you're supposed to do. A lot of these things, as a young person, as an 18-year-old individual, you take for granted. And it takes people like you, Coach, to instill that, install that into our future. Uh, the young ladies, I know they definitely appreciate having you. Uh, but in this last few minutes of this interview, I would like I would like to implore you, I implore you to know, speak on a message. If... You know, if you're talking to your administration, if you're talking to NCAA, your your future players, your current players, you know, what is the finite message you want to be sent out about what you're doing, how you're doing it, and why times like this require, you know, steadfast decision and decisive making, uh, decisive decision making that you've made out? Um, Well, for me, the recipe is going to be as simple. It's going to be just be prepared to adapt and adjust. Regardless of whatever we want to think, there is a new normal. Um, Will it ever go back to being the normal that it was before? Probably not. Is there an opportunity for there to be a better normal? Yes, there is. Okay, because now we have more information and we're able to make, you know, more conscious decisions um, based on new information that has came in. So uh, for me, just being able to adapt and adjust to anything and everything that's going on. And, um, you know, if you're always prepared, it'll never it'll never catch you off guard. So regardless of regardless of whatever that may be, you just got to be prepared and and, and be ready. So you got to be comfortable being uncomfortable right now. No. And from the sounds of it, I have no doubt that your girls will be ready to go out there and ball out when the opportunity presents itself, because clearly you have a plan. Clearly, you're steady, fast in your decisiveness and you lead. By example, you have no problem speaking your mind. And, you know, like I said in the beginning, if anyone, no one's told you to say I'm proud of you and and Thank your you. work will pay off and it will continue to prosper. So I want uh, to just say thank you uh, for coming on the show. Thank you for joining us in the identity booth. I bet you never forget that day. And, <laughs> and just being here with us to talk about this current situation, because like I said, I didn't understand what it was like for our teachers, our coaches and people in the athletic world what they're going through so thank you for helping me understand that you know on the identity booth our goal is to constantly try to identify with people as they identify with me so i appreciate you identifying me coach cox i just round applause for yourself you know man thank you brother i I greatly appreciate it 
And to all my viewers out there, you guys know the routine right now. Uh, one of you guys definitely saw that I had, you know, a goal to get to 200 subscribers. And I had 173. One of y'all walked away. I don't know who you are, but I'm going to find you and bring you back here because this is a great interview and I think you need to see this. But for all intents and purposes, thank you guys for joining us. I love your faces. Please put on a mask. It is the most, it's literally the thing that can help us get back on the court. I like to be able to enjoy sports. I know who doesn't enjoy sports. So let's do all we can to make sure that the kids of the future are being given the best opportunity to succeed and, you know, continue to grow and prosper. And with all that being said, I'll see you guys later. Uh, take care of yourselves. It's been a blast. And thanks again, coach, for coming on. Hey, no problem, hero. Thank you. Alright, alright, alright. That's a done show. A tight 40, 40 minutes, man. I tell you, I be on these questions. Cole, I had some people on here talking forever. Yeah. I had to Cole, I told you 40 minutes, I got you 40 minutes. Alright, so I'm asking you was any recording on your side? On my phone? Or on your phone. No, I have to.